Bismillah, bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa wala amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So today inshallah we're continuing with Surah Al-Asr. And where we left off was right at the beginning of talking about this ayah in which Allah Ta'ala says what? Ba'da'u bin Rasulullah wa tawasaw bil haqq. So just as a quick recap, we understand that Allah Ta'ala is talking, is telling us about a fact of all of life and all of times and all of humanity, that every single human being by default, or you could say the standard, is that people are in loss. What are they losing? Constantly losing time and not spending their time well. The exception is who? Those who believe, and that, that belief obviously is an understanding and a faith and a conviction that is internal, that is then therefore manifested, as we gave the example of you know, the seed and then comes, comes the fruits. Um, uh, that is manifested through actions. And then we get to and we talked about the importance of that bridge between bringing faith to somebody and actually giving them da'wah, like uh, you know, from, from faith to da'wah. What is in between? You have to have both the theoretical and the practical, and then inshallah ta'ala you can convey the message. We talked about that last week. So now we get back to this topic of and we recognize that first and foremost, da'wah is not an option. And unfortunately, this is how most of us treat da'wah. Now it's very important to recognize that da'wah is not like necessarily, let's say, the obligation of five daily salawat. In terms of five daily salawat, everybody has the same expectation upon them. Right? You have to pray at Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. Everybody has the same expectation. Whereas when it comes to uh, the issue of da'wah, it's not that everybody has the same expectation. It's similar, you could say, to birrul walidain, being good to your parents. You can, everybody has to be good towards their parents, but that's going to vary greatly depending on, I live very far from my parents. My parents have passed away. That's a possibility, right? So I honor their memory and I try to be good to their, let's say, uh, friends and, and, and relatives, etc. Versus you're living in their house and they have lots of needs, right? So it's going to vary greatly what birrul walidain means, means to each person. In the same way, da'wah means different things to different people. So we all have to be our own judge or our own arbiter to figure out when are the opportune moments that I can actually convey the truth and, you know, enjoin good and forbid evil. And so we are, have, to, have to, you know, as the uh, hadith of uh, Umar ibn al-Khattab, who he says, uh, Take an account of yourself before you're taken count of. So yes, the interesting thing about this word tawasi is that it comes from the root word wasiya. And a wasiya is a? No. What is a wasiya? Sorry? A will, that's right, it's a will. So a will in the sense of like you, when you're passing away, you write down a will, right? And you write down what, so the idea is, think of, when you think of a will, you think of your dying words. And when you think of your dying words, you think of the most sincere thing you're about to ever say in your life, right? Why would you, you know, sugarcoat it? You're, this, this is, these are your last words. So that is your wasiyah. So built into the concept of watawaso is this idea that you are so sincere in what you mutually enjoin that it's almost as if they are your dying, your dying last words. They have that sort, sort of same, um, you could say, weight to them. It's also very important to understand that there is a mutuality in the sort, in the tafa'al, uh, in the tafa'al form, which is the sixth pattern in Arabic. The tafa'al form means there's mutuality. It's back and forth. So it doesn't just mean that you are simply dictating, nor does it mean that you're simply listening. It has to be back and forth. And this really makes us all ask the question, what type of friends do I have? This is something that we all have to ask. Uh, do I have the type of friends that uh, gravitate towards advice or that they shy away from awkward situations? 
And let's be honest, we all know probably both types of people. We know the type of people who, when something needs to be said, they're the front and center, they say, listen, I need to talk to you, I don't like to hold things back, I need to tell you something. I've known you for a long time, friend, family, whatever the case is, I need to tell you what's on my mind, I can't keep this in. Some people, they have those conversations and they're willing to have them. Other people, no matter, you know, it's, it's as if the person is walking slowly towards the edge of a cliff. They're like, look, man, I don't want to get involved. You know, I just, you know, it's like, imagine a blind person, you know, they don't know where they're going and they're walking closer and closer and you say to them, listen, you know, they're going to fall off a cliff. Why don't you say something? Oh, that's not my place. You know, me, I like to hang out with them. We watch a movie together. We eat dinner. We talk about, you know, oh, they're my favorite show and we talk about sports. But when it comes to important, actual, real issues, no, 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 you know, I don't want to rock the boat. So you have to ask yourself, what type of a friend am I to my friends and what type of friends are they to me? Because this is what Allah Ta'ala is saying, that you will be a loser unless you surround yourself by the type of people who are real with you. That you can do tawasi, that mutually you know when it's time to say the truth, you talk to them. You know that, that when something serious needs to be said, you will say it to them and they will say it to you. When you are blindsided or when you can't see something uh, for what it is, you know, the, the, you know when you have a, a third party perspective and someone's like, listen, I know you don't notice it. You know, you're involved in a relationship and I don't think it's good. Or you're getting too involved with this type of people or this type of thing, whatever it is, I don't think it's healthy for you. I need to talk to you. Are you that type of friend? Are, and do you have, do you surround yourself by those type of friends or would you rather those who just keep it everything comfortable? Ibn Hibban, uh, rahimahullah, is a nice quote. He says, The best of brothers are those, are the ones who are the most far reaching in their advice. The best brother you can have is the one who is willing to go very far in giving you advice and tell you the truth. Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah, he says what? Sadiq al-Insani wa muhibbuhu huwa man sa'a fi imarati akhiratihi wa in ada thalika ila naqsin fi dunyahu. That the true friend, the true honest friend is a person who, uh, 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 the true friend and the one who you can really love and rely on is who? is the one who uh, strives towards building your, his other friend's akhirah, even if it, may, if it may lead to a deficiency in his dunya. Even if it has some sort of weakness in the dunya, I don't care. I need to focus on your akhirah. Even if you're going to hate me for it, I have to tell you the truth. Even if you don't want to hear it, even if it's bitter, even if it's awkward, I have to talk to you about these things. Why? Because this is crucial. So what type of people do you surround yourselves by? This is what's important. SubhanAllah, and this is all in Surah Al-Asr. So you have to be able to both give and take in both. And, and that's another thing. Are you able to take advice? I mean, most people you can go to them and say, listen, you know, if I were to interview 10 of your friends, are they the type of person that says, listen, when I need somebody to say, say to him, he's the one to listen. Or they're like, no, 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 you know, he's got a short temper. He, he's, he's not the, really the guy that you really, you know, you, you tell those type of things to. No, 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 he's not the type of guy that takes that lightly. We all know that there are different types of people, right? And subhanAllah, you have to be the type who can receive as well. You can't be that one who everybody sort of, oh, back off, you know, you don't want to uh, offend. SubhanAllah. Yes. That they mutually enjoin in the truth. That scholars, they generally agree that al-haq here is referring to the Qur'an and Sunnah. And the idea here is what? That when we talk, when we give nasiha, when we have conversations with our friends, we should do our best to include as much Qur'an and Sunnah as possible. It's not enough to just give advice, but try to remember an ayah of Qur'an. Try to remember a certain hadith of the Prophet And if you don't, study these things, then you won't be able to do that. And that's unfortunate, so we want to We need to know the haq in order to share it. Uh, right? uh, the one who doesn't have something can't give it. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah says what? Man khazana ilmahu walam yanshurhu walam yuallimhu ibtalahu allahu bi nisyanihi wa dhahabihi minhu 
جزاء من جنس عمله وهذا أمر يشهد به الحس والوجود that Ibn al-Qayyim رحمه الله says whoever hoards knowledge and doesn't spread it or teach it to others Allah will test him by making them forget it and it will go away from them and this is a, a recompense or a reward that is fitting for the deed why? And, this is, and he says, and this is something that is known through experience. This is something that is known, well, well known through experience. In other words, if you hoard knowledge and study books, and then you know all these things, and then you see people making mistakes, and you could mention, I've read this in this book, I know this is a bad idea, I know I can comment about this, and you have knowledge to share, but you refuse to, then Allah Ta'ala is going to test you, and essentially you could say, punish you with what? With forgetting that knowledge. Why? You just Because you're not using it. So, okay, it's going to go away from you, and perhaps it'll go to somebody who will actually take advantage of it, and Allah Ta'ala knows best. Yes, and we should remember that وَتَوَاصَوْ here does not say from the shaykh to awam nas It doesn't say from, like from the, from, the, from the scholar to, let's say, the, uh, uh, you know, the general public. It doesn't say from the elder to the younger. It doesn't say that. What Tawaso is very open-ended. That means everybody should be accepting. And I know it's very difficult if somebody younger than you or somebody less knowledgeable than you or whatever the case is has some advice for you, your immediate gut reaction when the ego flares up and says, who are you to talk to me? Right? That's natural. At the same time, though, you have to... Suppress that. You have to catch it before it jumps out. You know, you feel it rush to the top of your throat. You got to catch it before it jumps out, squeeze it back down, and say, you know what? Thank you for your advice. I'll think about it. And you know what? I'll consider it, and I'll try to see, I'll try to see from your perspective as well. I'll give it a chance. It's very, very important that you do that. Now, what is one of the biggest, biggest hindrances towards da'wah? And by the way, the term da'wah here, I'm not speaking towards necessarily non-Muslims, but even between Muslims, because what tawasub al-haq is, is it's open-ended. We're talking, talking to non-Muslims, talking to Muslims, whatever the case is. What is one of the big, biggest hindrances for both Muslims and non-Muslims? It is a phrase that I'm sure we've all heard, something that is unfortunately plaguing humanity, uh, the sentiment of, mind your business. I'm sure we've all heard that, right? Mind your business. And this, the moment we hear it, we think, oh, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, somebody pulled the plug. It's like somebody just shut you down from giving da'wah. You were just all motivated to say something, and then someone right before you opened your mouth said, you know, you should probably mind your business, and then boom, you were shut down. Subhanallah, if you're the type of person who hears this often or says this often, then I have some words that I'd like you to hear from the Prophet ﷺ. Authentically, the Prophet ﷺ mentions what? وَإِنَّ أَبْغَضَ الْكَلَامِ إِلَى اللَّهِ أَنْ يَقُولَ الرَّجُلُ لِلْرَّجُلِ إِتَّقِ اللَّهِ فَيَقُولَ عَلَيْكَ بِنَفْسِكَ This is authentic hadith. The Prophet ﷺ says what? The most, the most hated. إِنَّ أَبْغَضَ الْكَلَامِ Not, I dislike it kind of. Not, it's kind of annoying. The most despised, the most hated speech to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? That one man says to another man, that one man says to another man, Ittaqillah, fear Allah. He's giving some advice. Don't do that. What are you doing? That's wrong. Fear Allah. Don't, don't go down this road. Don't do what you're doing. No, he's trying to give some sort of advice. What does he say in response? Mind your business. This is one of the most hated things to Allah Ta'ala. How easily we throw this, this word around. Oh man, no, no, no. Don't talk to that person. You should mind your business. No, no, stay away from that. Mind your business. We are each other's business. Do we, do we understand this? We are each other's business. This idea that mind your business and we're all isolated and we can't, no, don't look at me, don't talk to me, or you stay in your corner. This is why people kill themselves because they have nobody to talk to. They're so isolated, they're so alone. Their best friend is their phone or their uh, laptop. Subhanallah, we don't get involved with one another. Of course there are limits. Obviously there are limits. You don't put your nose in everybody's business. You don't uh, go beyond a certain you know, uh, limit. 
You don't involve yourself in things that uh, are, are intrusive and rude. Of course, of course there are limits. But subhanAllah, when you see somebody blatantly doing evil, and this is somebody that you know, then how can you say, oh, I should just mind my business? No, we know that in fact the Prophet is saying quite the opposite. This is some of the, one of the most hated words to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that this deen is for everybody. This deen is not just for the Muslims, uh, it's for all of mankind. SubhanAllah, we know that Allah Ta'ala does not say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Muslimin. Allah begins the Quran with what? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah doesn't say Qul A'udhu, that's the beginning of the Quran. When you look at the end of the Quran, Allah does not finish the Quran with Qul A'udhu bi Rabbil Muslimin. Allah says Qul A'udhu bi Rabbil Nas. So from the beginning to the end of the Quran, what are we learning? This message is for mankind. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ لا. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ That the Prophet was sent as a mercy to all of mankind. وَلَقَدَ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي الْمُسْلِمِينَ That we have indeed honored the children of the Muslims? No. وَلَقَدَ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ That all of human beings have this honor. So we should all have this feeling of obligation towards our fellow human beings that we say something. SubhanAllah, life is limited, time is limited, we should take advantage. And there's a beautiful narration from Abu Darda radiallahu anhu. He says what? مَا تَصَدَّقَ مُؤْمِنٌ that a believer can never give charity more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than advice that he gives to a people who then disperse it and Allah benefits it, benefits them with it. That this is the most beloved thing that you just the most the best sadaqah, hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, no. Teach somebody something good that they will live by. Say some powerful words that they will remember for their whole life. Say something that they can teach their kids. This is what Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala anhu is saying. This is the best thing, this is the best sadaqah. Yes, of course money is good. Yes, of course charity is good. But subhanAllah, give in such a way that you give the best advice, some words of encouragement, something that people will remember for 10, 20, 30 years of their life and they'll pass it on to 100 more people inshaAllah. This is the best sadaqah you could give. Why are we holding back? There's a nice quote from George Orwell, you know, 1984, the famous book. He says, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. So yes, you have to accept the fact that it might come with some consequences. Obviously, if da'wah was easy, then the lives of the MBA would be the most comfortable, right? The MBA would have no problems. Simple, I speak the truth, everybody loves me. Doesn't work like that. Speaking the truth can be difficult. And the worse and worse a society gets, the more and more they hate the people that speak the truth. But that doesn't change the fact that we are supposed to make the dua, what? رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ أَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَّتِنَا قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنَ وَجَعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا That you're saying, oh Allah, I want to be a leader. And subhanAllah, how beautiful is this ayah because it combines the fact that I want to have a good relationship with my family. That, oh Allah, our Lord, grant us from amongst our wives and our offspring comfort to our eyes. As in, first let me work on my family relationship, and then to the greater society, once I have really established myself in terms of a good relationship with my wife and kids, then I need to focus on what? Now I can expand a little bit further and try to be an example for the community at large. All the muttaqeen imaman. I want to be a leader. I want to be somebody who, uh, you know, is somebody to be followed and sets a good example. One of the worst things, one of the most dangerous things about avoiding da'wah is that you never develop the skills and then when you need them the most, they're not there for you. And this subhanAllah, if you don't remember anything else, just think about this point. I've talked about this before, but you know, to, I think in certain gatherings, but I, I just want to mention this again because it's such a powerful point. I personally can definitely say that as somebody who has tried to be active in da'wah, you know, throughout my life, and I'm not going to say that I'm like uh, super experienced, but alhamdulillah, I've tried. And I can definitely say that it always teaches me new lessons about how to talk to people, about how to be more caring, how to be more understanding, about how to navigate 
human emotions, about how to navigate the human mind, about how to, get, uh, how to navigate the human heart and the soul, how to talk to somebody and try to meet them at their level, how to, uh, how to understand their level of education or maybe their interests and try to meet them where they're at. You know, subhanAllah, there are so many skills that you can develop and believe me, I am working on all of these skills. But still, I'm, so I'm not saying that I'm some sort of expert, but subhanAllah, at least when the more you give da'wah, the more you realize how much work needs to be done in, in, in terms of just simply communication. And subhanAllah, the more you learn these things, the more when you see other people that have poor, communi poor communication skills, you realize just how much they're lacking and how much they need to work on this, this, this beautiful skill of da'wah, how, how much they need to sharpen their tools. Now let's say somebody ignores this fact their entire life. Let's say somebody, every time they're at work or every time they were at school or every time they had an opportunity to talk about Islam, and I don't know, you know, they were talking about politics at work, and oh, I don't want to talk about that because it might lead to, you know, the Middle East, I don't know, I'm going to avoid it. And then they, then they, I don't know, somebody says, hey, isn't your name uh, Muhammad or Abdullah? It's like, yeah, 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 you know, uh, it's a cultural, and it was named after my, uh, you know, great-grandfather, whatever. Just, just leave it alone. Don't, you know, d avoid. Avoid anything. Hey, where were you just now? Uh, is it Friday? You had to leave? Yeah, yeah, I just, I was busy. Don't worry about it. You know? So, et cetera, et cetera. You're always avoiding talking about Islam, right? Because you feel it's uh, awkward for you. What may happen? It could be the case that after all these missed opportunities, all these avoided opportunities, one after the other, eventually, one day, your children are born and raised in this country, and now they're going down a bad path. And now they want to finally, now you want to finally call your child to righteousness. You want to actually engage. And they have doubts about Islam. You could have had used all these opportunities to defend against doubts about Islam. You could have trained yourself to see how can I defend the concept that God is one. How can I defend the concept that Allah sends messengers and prophets? That the Qur'an is the word of Allah? I, you, you, you said no thank you, no thank you, no thank you to each of these opportunities. Now your own kid has grown up and they have doubts. Why should I believe in a God? Why should I believe in this Qur'an? Why should I pray? Why should I anything? So you avoided every single possibility and now you really, so now you didn't train the skill and now you need the skill. So now you want to talk to this kid and say, I have some advice for you, please. And you realize as you're talking, 5, 10, 15 minutes go by and you realize, I'm really bad at this. I'm not really saying what I want to say. I have so much, so many feelings, but they're not coming out right. And I can see that they're not connecting. And that the, he's not, he's, he or she is not understanding and, and not really, they're not getting it. I'm really bad at communication. I wonder why that is. Well, for the past 20 years, if you've been avoiding every single chance that you've had to improve those skills, then it's not much of a shock, is it? That when you need it, it's not there anymore. Is everybody getting this point? Is this clear? I, I, to me, if this, doesn't, if this doesn't shake you up a little bit and tell you, you know what, I need to work on this, not just for my sake, for the sake of the people that I can give da'wah to, and then years down the line, inshallah, that as the skill develops, it will be better and better for me, inshallah ta'ala. As they say, practice makes perfect, so then the opposite should be true, which is neglect makes you horrible. <laughs> you know, they always, they always mention the positive. Practice makes perfect. Okay, think about the opposite. Neglect makes you horrible. Think about that, subhanAllah. Yes, there's a nice quote. Uh, says, the path that leads to truth is littered with the bodies of the ignorant. <laughs> In other words, the meaning is, failed theories and, failed, uh, and practices must be ruthlessly discarded and oftentimes are stepping stones to the truth. So don't be afraid to discuss and find out which of your ideas are strong and which of them are weak. Most people, they feel like my ideas and my thoughts and my beliefs are my identity. Therefore, I need to protect myself. I need to protect my identity. Therefore, I will never challenge my ideas. That's a weak-minded person. A strong-minded person says, I will test my ideas. Those of them that are weak, I will discard. Those of them that are strong, I will maintain. And that's how I will continuously keep on sharpening my steel and becoming a better individual. Not by hiding, but by actually getting out there and 
testing your ideas, testing the waters. And subhanAllah, that's what I believe Islam is. But Islam, the more you test it, the more confident you become that it is the truth. Wallahu ta'ala alam. If Allah Ta'ala was saying, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالْحَقِّ In joining the truth, as in enjoining easy truths. If that was what it was saying, then subhanAllah, وَتَوَاصَوْ بِالصَّبْرِ would not follow. Think about that. Just think about this fact. If when Allah Ta'ala says, enjoin the truth, as in, you know, when it's easy, when it's convenient. Only when, you know, you feel like it, when all the circumstances are perfect, and when the person's very, you know, kind and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, sympathetic and, and will lend a listening ear, and only in the perfect cir circumstances, then you do what tawasa bil haqq. If that was the case, if that's how you want to interpret it, then please explain to me why the very next words are wa tawasa bil sabr. Why do I need to be patient if it's so easy? Clearly, there's an idea here. Wa tawasa bil haqq, yani, this is going to be hard. This is not going to be comfortable. There's going to be awkward instances where you have to push through. Hence, the very next words, وَتَوَاسَوْ sabr. There's a nice quote that says, a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversation he or she is willing to have. That's a nice quote, I really like that. Think about that. A person's success in life is usually measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have. You know, it's so true. The student that is willing to say, I don't know, in class, raise their hand and say, listen, teacher, I didn't understand a single thing. It's awkward, right? But the, the one who's willing to say, listen, I didn't get it. And you know, everybody's looking at them, you're like, you didn't understand it? Yeah, that's right, I didn't get it. You want to glance at me more? I don't care. The one who's willing to go through that awkwardness, the one who's willing to say, I disagree with that. Even if everybody agrees, I don't understand. No, I, I don't think that makes sense. And then everybody disagrees with you. Well, look, I'm, I'm being respectful, I'm being kind. I just, it doesn't make sense to me for X, Y, Z reasons. If you're willing to put yourself through all those awkward circumstances, then inshallah ta'ala, that's going to de de determine your altitude bi ta'ala. And obviously people who always play it safe, then they're never going to learn anything because they never challenge themselves. Yes. Be very afraid and be very cautious of yourself or other people always using the terms, what? You're great the way you are. You know, many of us, we think that we're being good friends or a good brother or a good sister when we reassure people, you're great the way you are. Think about it from the, the other perspective. Do you realize that that could be some of the most devastating news that a person hears? Imagine a person who is feeling depressed, ignorant, feeling arrogant, feeling cynical, feeling confused, feeling lost, feeling hopeless. Imagine a person who's going through a terrible state in life and everybody sees that they're really suffering and everybody keeps telling them, you're great the way you are. You know what that means? There's no improvement for you. You can't improve. You're great the way you are. Do you know how, do you know how painful that, that can be? If somebody were to just do what tawasa bil haqq and let them know you're in a terrible state right now, but there's hope. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Your behavior is appalling. Your behavior is detrimental to yourself and to those around you. You are causing a lot of harm to those who love you. I'm going to tell it to you like it's like I'm going to tell it to you straight. But there's always hope. There's always hope for improvement. What's the expression? Every saint, every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. That's a nice quote. So yeah, the idea is what. That listen, no matter how bad of a situation you're in, tell it like it is. You are in a bad state. But don't worry, because we recognize how bad of a state you're in, there's room for improvement. And the worst thing you could do when a person's in a bad state is just keep telling them that no, no, you're just fine. Because that means they're at 100%, they've maxed out. And that means 100% is horrible. And they have no room for improvement. It's, the most, it's kind of similar to the way celebrities, you know, when they become rich and famous, and that was the thing that they always thought would bring them happiness, and they realize they're not happy, then they're like, there's nothing left. And sometimes they go into great depression and get involved in all sorts of drugs and drinking and so forth. Why? Because they thought that was the ideal, and when they hit it, they realized, oh my God, I don't feel happy at all. 
This is, this is devastating. So it's that same idea. You keep telling somebody who's in a bad state, you're great the way you are, it's only gonna break them even more. So please, tell it like it is. And by the way, it just so happens to be true. No, means what? Tell the truth and tell them exactly what is good and what is bad. And also, when you look for good in others, subhanAllah, you discover the best in yourself. Yes. And don't think that this is only relegated to those who are in the worst of times either. Even those who are doing, in doing well, Allah Ta'ala tells us what? فَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَ تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And remind, for indeed reminder benefits the believers. So yes, even those who are practicing, even those who are strong in their deen, still use an opportunity to encourage them more. Even if you feel that they are in a strong state, what, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with further encouraging. And be patient with whatever may result. Yes, of course, it can result in terrible consequences. Yes, it can result in people being frustrated and rude to you and condescending and so forth. But the Prophet says what? المؤمن الذي يخالط الناس ويصبر على آذاهم أعظم أجرا من المؤمن الذي لا يخالط الناس ولا يصبر على آذاهم That the believer, this is in Ibn Majah and is a Sahih Hadith. The believer who mixes with the people and bears their annoyances and their frustration and the pain that they cause. Uh, you're mixing with the people and you're putting up with their nonsense, but you're still trying to work on them. The one who does that and has patience will have a greater reward, greater reward than the believer who does not mix with the people and does not put up with their annoyances. So this idea of, oh, I just need to stay away from everybody, why? Because that's the best thing for me? That is not the advice of the Prophet wasallam. Yes. So, inshallah ta'ala, there's one final point about watawaso, it's in the plural. Watawaso bil haq is in the plural, and one idea is that it should be done as a group. And alhamdulillah, I'm so glad to see that the masjid is filling up with these halaqat, that alhamdulillah, more and more people are coming, that we need to get together. And you know, I'm gonna end uh, soon because one of the things that I very much believe in is that we all have comments and that we all speak and, and hear each other's thoughts and ideas as a community. We get to know each other. That's, that's what a family does. They speak together and they get to know one another. So what is the benefit of having these types of halaqas? Ibn Qayyim rahimullah has a nice quote where he says what? That sitting with the righteous, it will transform you or it will tra uh, transfer you from six to six. From doubt to certainty. And from showing off to sincerity. From heedlessness to remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And from uh, yearning and longing, longing for this world to longing for the afterlife. And from arrogance to humility. And to having uh, bad intentions to sincerity. So this is what we want to do. We want to sit with people that will always, you know, that the believer is the mirror of the believer. That we want to see our own flaws and learn from ourselves and uh, from others. You know, when you look at, when you spend time with the believers, alhamdulillah, you realize where your deficiencies are and you realize where you can improve. And so this is why we need to be less isolated and spend more time together. So inshallah ta'ala, with that, I will close and I hope and I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, makes us of those who enjoy the truth and we'll continue with this beautiful surah, inshallah ta'ala, next week. Allahumma ja'alna min al-ladhina yatawasaw bil-haqi wa yatawasaw bil-sabr. Ameen ya rabbil alameen. Zamdal khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.